Traditions are sacred in the South. The Masters, SEC football, and fried chicken anytime. Now, add one more. Pull up a chair, fix your glass, and get ready for some good old-fashioned Southern charm. Welcome to Success in Sweet Tea, a podcast dedicated to your success in business, lifestyle, and relationships, all with a shot of Southern magic. And now, coming to you from deep in the heart of the Southland, get ready for an engaging conversation with your new favorite Southern couple, Doug and Vicki Miles. Hello, everyone. I'm Doug Miles. And I'm Vicki Miles. And we'd like to welcome you to another episode of our podcast, Success and Sweet Tea. And man, I tell you what, I wish everyone that is listening to us today could be here sitting where we are with you. We'd like to introduce to you Nathan Lindsay. And Vicki will give you a little information about Nathan and uh, how he stands up here in our government. And we are so thankful to have you here with us today. And Doug, it is an incredible experience to be here in the Capitol today with Nathan Lindsay, Deputy Chief of Staff for Governor Kay Ivey, nonetheless. So welcome. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Well, thank you, Doug and Vicki. And welcome to the Capitol and welcome to the original governor's office uh, oh, in the yes. state Capitol. That's where sure. we're sitting today. Well, I didn't know that bit of history when I walked in the door, but I knew I felt something special. So thank you for clarifying that. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Just Quite beautiful. an old and historic room. Yeah. It's very beautiful. This, this fireplace here, I, I know um, there's been many days, that even in the wintertime, when that really wasn't even needed, was it? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This, uh, it, it is very um, old and antique in here by design. Um, the, the Capitol is one giant museum. Uh, the Historical Commission controls all of this, and so what, when you want to put a painting on the wall or something on the mantle, you generally have to ask for permission first. So, uh, and you never know when a tourist might walk uh, it in. It sounds like living at meeting. home. You got to ask for permission to put right, <laughs> right, right. Well, that's exactly how it felt when we walked in, Nathan, just trying to get to the room. And I had made the comment to Doug um, that every painting that we passed by, I wanted to stop and look at it because I knew everything had a reason and a place. And uh, so one day I'll come back and take that tour, Nathan. Absolutely, I'll be glad to give the tour. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. Well, we are so glad to have you with us today. Now we aren't gonna hold back. We sort of pick our guests for a reason. We're looking for people who have a level of success and then we love that Southern flair of success. Mm -hmm. You just checked all the boxes, Nathan, and we're so excited to have you with us today. And so what we really want to do is give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about how you wound up here in working with the governor in the state of Alabama. What an exciting way to wake up every morning. It is. Um, I tell people that it never gets old walking into this building every day. Uh, you park, you get out of your car, and you're staring up at the Capitol Dome in this very historic um, building. Uh, and so it's a real honor to get to work here. And this is my second time working in the building. Uh, and so I, I grew up, for whatever reason, loving history and loving politics. And I don't come from a political family. Uh, my parents, I think, wonder what <laughs> got me into how do we get here <laughs> history and politics but that's the way it was growing up uh, in high school I was involved in founding uh, the teenage Republicans at my high school in Madison Alabama uh, at Bob Jones High School 
um, then came to college and was involved in college Republicans uh, at Faulkner. Uh, and so I always kind of knew that I wanted to do something political. Yeah. And I think at the time, I didn't truly understand the difference between politics and government. I mean, they are kind of one and the same, uh, but you've got this crazy idea of how politics works. Uh, come to find out many years later that they can be very different at times. Uh, and so I heard about an internship uh, my senior year in the governor's office. Uh, so I applied, got a call back, asked if I wanted to come do this internship, which of course I did. Uh, so I spent about four months working in Governor Riley's legislative office, which is actually across the street from the Capitol in the State House. And that's Governor Bob Riley. Governor so Bob Riley. date ourselves a little bit. Yes, yes. Uh, so I was there for four months, only had about a semester left to go at Faulkner at that point, but I tried really hard to maintain the relationships that I had built during that internship in the hopes that maybe there might be a job opening uh, after I graduated. Smart young man, yes. <laughs> sure enough, there was. There was a job uh, uh, offer um, in there uh, and was asked to come and work in the governor's press office at the time. So came on board in, gosh, January of 06, I guess, uh, full-time as the governor's deputy press secretary. I had absolutely no clue uh, what I was doing. I had never worked with the press before, but I thought, you know what? I'll figure it out. Uh, so held that role for about nine months. Uh, at, in 2006, the governor was running for re-election at the time. And so some of our staff had already left the governor's office to go to the governor's campaign. Uh, they needed some additional help uh, on the campaign. I would really kind of push back on going to the campaign. I really liked being in the office. I loved the government side of things. And so finally one day, Governor Riley said, you're going to the campaign. Uh, I said, yes, sir. Many of our decisions are made uh, from that very premise in our early years. That, that is correct. Uh, so I went to the campaign. I did press on the campaign for just a couple of months. I mean, it wasn't a long time. Uh, and then after he won re-election in 2006, I took a day off and was back in the office on, on that Thursday. Uh, and soon thereafter, uh, the governor had asked me to uh, take on a new role with him as his personal aide. So the vast majority of my time uh, working for Governor Riley in the second term uh, was as his personal aide, uh, which allowed me to travel with him and really kind of take care of him. I mean, uh, you hear a lot of people in politics talk about the body man, uh, and that, but that was the role that, that I held. I can imagine that that would be a uh, more more than an, an exciting anybody that really enjoys uh, politics and government things like that uh, a role and a job that have those things involved in it where on a day, daily really on a minute by minute basis you're involved in everything every decision that comes forward you're involved in uh, it would either be as a you know in a consulting way, put in your two cents way, or as a, as a you know a, a decision making way where he would might look at you and say, well Nathan, what do you think? Yeah, and, and I wish that it happened more at a young age. Um, <clears throat> I really kind of used those early years of my career to learn and to observe uh, and watch and what a better way to get experience in government and politics than 
being with the governor all the time and seeing how things operated. I thought I knew a lot then. I really didn't. didn't. Uh, of course, there's still days now where I wake up and I think, I have no idea how this works. Uh, <laughs> but you, you figure it out. Uh, and he, he was just fun to, um, fun to be around, fun to watch. I mean, he went 24-7. He never stopped. I mean, we were constantly on the go. Uh, and so you, you met just the most interesting people almost anywhere you went. That's what I can't imagine. How uh, Did you just want to pinch yourself sometimes when you were in certain situations thinking, how did I wind up here? What, yeah. what, how did this really happen? Yes, uh, I think a good example of that would be Inauguration Day in 2007. Uh, I'd been to his first inauguration, but that was as a college student, just showing up out front here and, and watching, uh, not really being involved in anything. And then on Inauguration Day, just all the events, the crowds, the pomp and circumstance of an inauguration, um, you know, at that point, um, we were on the platform for the parade and John McCain shows up. I mean, it, it's just those little things. And we had to leave from Montgomery to get to Birmingham. And I remember uh, we were flying up there that afternoon and it was just him and the first lady on the plane. I was on the plane sitting behind him. And I remember the governor turning around and saying, you know, something to the effect of, this is a day you're not going to forget. I mean, soak it all in, remember all this stuff. And I thought, he's right. That's probably going to be the yeah. only time I ever do this. As a man who's been there, done that, and, and what an incredible opportunity for you to get to be with someone who had had those experiences. I'm, I'm sitting here trying to imagine how you were feeling, Nathan, and what, uh, having a, a taught leadership for many years, we always tell them, find a good leader and watch them. What a remarkable opportunity for you at that age and stage in your career. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you just said that because I still believe that to this day. And I tell interns that come through here now or our staff now, I always say, get a mentor. I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, have somebody that you can learn from yes. and somebody that you can bounce ideas off of. I still have those people mm -hmm. um, in, in my life that have done this a lot longer than me. And I hope that people on our staff can do that to the younger um, staff right. that are just now starting their careers. And just, it needs to be constant learning. I mean, there's always something new to learn. Yes, and there's only so much you can learn in the classroom, but then you have to come to the real world. Yes. And I'm, I'm just uh, um, excited to hear about the things you got to do uh, when you were at that age, when it no doubt made an indelible mark on you and changed the trajectory of where you were going to go and what you were going to do. Are you looking for specific examples? I would love that. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I'm trying to think. Um, you know, I might go back to my college days uh, when I was at Faulkner. I had two history professors that I loved dearly, uh, Ed and Dixie Hicks. Uh, I think they've since retired um, mm -hmm. from Fall. Dr. Ed and Dixie Hicks, they were both PhDs. Um, they really pushed me, and, and really all of their students, um, to, to do big things, and they took a very active role uh, in our lives. Now, at, in the history department at Faulkner, it's pretty small. I mean, you, know, you don't have this huge group of people 
um, in, in that department. So it was a relatively small group. We all knew each other. Uh, they would have us out to their house at the lake, and we'd go get on the boat and just get to know each other and talk about life and where we wanted to be. Um, and so both of them um, were still, you know, pretty instrumental in encouraging me and the other students in their program to go do big things. And a lot of them have gone um, and, and done big things, honestly, all over the world, uh, not just here in Alabama. Uh, and then I think, of, you know, when I got here and people that I would look up to and, and want to learn from, and of course you could say, yeah, the governor, uh, and, and that's true, but you, you, you learn to start watching people that are at the staff level like you and the people who have been doing it a long time and see how they handle situations and how they handle issues. Um, you know, this is a very complex business at times. I mean, we get very tough issues that come into this office or that are presented to the legislature. And most of the time you have to pick up the phone and, and call the experts and start to figure out what your position might be or what do we need to tell the governor about this or that. Uh, because there's not a lot of simple stuff that, that comes through. No, and, and I, can, uh, I, I know how it is whenever uh, our son uh, calls us and when he calls me, we talk. I just kind of wonder what it's like whenever you talk to your dad on the telephone, whenever you call him up. Do you ever call your dad, or does he call you most of the time? You know, I'll be honest, my dad and I don't talk on the phone a lot. We text. We, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a texter. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I spend all day sometimes talking on the phone. Um, and so uh, when I get home in the afternoons, you know, sometimes I'll just turn the phone off and ignore it. Uh, so we text a lot. Uh, but like I said earlier, you know, my parents, they're not super political people. Uh, my dad was civilian army. My mother's a retired teacher. Uh, I don't think they have a clue what I do. Uh, <laughs> when they come down to see the grandkids, which they do quite a bit, every once in a while he'll ask a question about something that he's seen on the news. But, um, you know, we, we don't have these in-depth conversations about government. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure that... Uh, He's very issues. proud, I will say that. They're yes. both very proud. I was right. just thinking, but that doesn't mean they aren't so excited that you oh, do what you do. Yeah, absolutely right. And and I'm sure that in the back of his mind, he said, well, I'll talk, I'll talk to Nathan about that next time I see you. Right. <laughs> but a lot of times we're talking about baseball scores or what the kids are doing at school or uh, the basketball team my daughter plays on. I mean, little things like that. I mean... So he's just a great dad he's just because a great he lets dad. you be the son and he gets to be the dad. And then you don't have to be the politician or the government official for a moment. Right. And I think my parents would still say, you know, no matter what you do, we're not going to be that impressed. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Um, <laughs> uh, so where do you line up? Do you have brothers and sisters? You, you line up in the middle, at the top, bottom? Where I'm the oldest. I have okay. um, a sister who is two years younger than me. And I have a brother who is 14 years younger than me, uh, who uh, was a big surprise to all of us um, <laughs> in the, in the mid-90s. Uh, they, both my brother and sister, live in Tennessee. Um, they both have families of their own up there, and my parents are still in Madison. And I'm in Montgomery. 
Have been for 21 years, I think, at this point. I tell you, sometimes we make moves we don't realize how how extensive they'll be, what the ramifications, the long-term ramifications of a particular decision at a moment in time will mm -hmm. uh, have on our entire basic existence, really. It affects your family, affects your livelihood, affects your, your, you know, your relationship with your wife, your relationships with your parents. It's just, you know, that particular moment in time, what's the right thing to do? Right. And then you got to live with it. Yes. So you fly by the seat of your pants in most cases, and you do the best thing you know to do. And uh, I think that is um, um, what allows you, if you think about it too long, you might be too scared is my point. So right. I love uh, yeah. the fact that you just get to do things, and you have had that opportunity to do some incredible things here in the state of Alabama. You know, when you look back on it, because you talked about you have to call the expert. I like that too, Nathan, because never assume that you were the only one that knows anything. So I love it when you say you still reach out with as much experience as you have. What's the thing that you might be the proudest of in terms of what you were involved in with a group or uh, that has helped the state of Alabama the most? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm trying to think of a particular issue. I mean, there's so many that come through, and of course, I'm sure I'll think of a great one as we're after we're done recording all of this, <laughs> and I walk back down to my office. Um, let me get political sure. for just a little bit. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Success and Sweet Tea. Join us again in two weeks to continue listening to Nathan Lindsay talk about his position as the Deputy Chief of Staff for Alabama Governor Kay Ivey. See you then.